When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Good morning. I'm Doug Brown. The 49ers beat the Giants 30 to 12 to kick off week three. San Francisco is 3 and 0. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hashtag Hembo for a smart guy. You really are an idiot. And I, I just have to call him out. So we're all sitting here, and Doug Brown is doing his Sports Center update at the top of the hour. It is 11 a.m. Eastern time, which is, happens to be the time zone in which we are sitting. It's 10 a.m., 9 a.m., or 8 a.m. Everywhere else, he's talking. My point being, nowhere that he might be listened to right now is at p.m. And Doug Brown says, <laughs> good morning. He starts his sports center by saying, good morning. And Hembo, for some reason... You have an issue with that. I do, because though it is still technically morning, obviously, given the fact that it is a.m. somewhere, Doug, it's What do you two- mean somewhere? It's a.m. where we are. Everywhere. Don't say that like it's 5 o'clock somewhere. There are 21 other time zones that you're disregarding, first of all. But 21 other time zones aren't hearing us right. That's <laughs> my point. He's, he's doing a broadcast to America. Doug, would you say Happy New Year to someone on January 20th? Because that's is oh, come on. Come on. Come on. You're what? a bozo. You are a bozo. This might be one of your worst takes. It of really all time. is. This is. We have a show called First Take. We should have a show called Worst Take. <laughs> I mean, you, starring Hembo. You start your premise by saying, "I know it's morning right now." So, but okay, right. fine. So at noon, then exactly, or, or at two, even, are we saying good afternoon yes. that early in the afternoon? Yes. It's absurd. What? How, okay, I'm making you the update anchor. Okay. How would you start? I would just start with the update. We don't need, we don't need you a, have greeting to based, a time of day greeting based update. You could say, hello, I'm Paul Hembikitis. You, you have to say something. You don't just come on the air. This is SportsCenter. The Cubs beat the Braves. You don't just start talking. You have to introduce yourself somehow. You have to. I didn't toss to him. He, the whole world needs to. If he, I guess in theory he could just say, Hi, I'm Doug Brown, and here we go. So look, Doug is way better at his job than I am at mine. Yeah. And so, like th- that has th- that we know and has been established. And way if, better if, at telling time too. Apparently. <laughs> that's for sure. Hello. Did you just say that you wouldn't say good afternoon to someone at two o'clock in the afternoon? It's awfully early in the afternoon for that. Well, like what I'm saying well, is, what time is it? Then? Hours in the afternoon, and it's not afternoon. What is it? You guys are the ones that are super rigid about what time I eat dinner. I can only eat dinner in this two-hour window. You guys can't have it both ways. You're sliding the scale all over That's the place. This, this all goes back to him. Ways. This all goes back to his ridiculous schedule. And he, go, he goes to bed at seven. He gets woke, woken up for crickets. That's what this is all about. You know, he doesn't live on normal time, so he thinks no one else should say good morning because the rest of the world is living. Eleven a.m. is morning, but to him, it's basically evening. So he thinks no one else should say morning because of because of his time. That's what this is all about. What I think is happening here is that Hembo is suggesting which parenthetically would just be changing our sense of time completely, that there should be something between morning and afternoon. So I guess you could say 
good midday to you. Oh, my God. And midday could start at around 11 and end at around 1, I'm I guess. I'm saying that the time of day doesn't have to be a part of the greeting if that time of day is expiring or just starting. I, I know you are not a big Seinfeld person, but... There is a legendary Seinfeld episode in which one of the debates about why someone's alarm clock didn't go off and thus he missed his opportunity to run the marathon in the Olympics. He goes, AM, PM. No, it wasn't the AM, PM. Everyone thinks it was the AM, PM, but it was actually the separate knob. There are only two things it can be. It is either AM or it is PM. No, that's not true. Because what else can it be? Evening. We have morning, afternoon, and evening. Okay, so which is eleven o'clock in the morning and, and the a.m. So here's the thing: I don't understand. Like, does, does that, is it morning, does, afternoon, or evening? No. Does morning get t- twelve hours, and the other two each get six? Is that what you're saying? If if, if someone says to you at four, if you wanted to make an argument that you shouldn't say good morning at two a.m., mm-hmm. I'll I'll listen to that. Because for most people, that is the end of their day, not the beginning. So you're saying good night at that point? I mean, I'm not sure what the greeting actually is. But I could see you saying, man, don't say good morning to me at 2 a.m. I'm obviously just coming home from a club, which (laughs) I can't decide which of us is less likely to be coming home from a club, you, me, or Doug Brown. (laughs) The answer is yes. Three-way tie is the answer. (laughs) But the point remains. If I said to you, I'll see you at 11. Wouldn't you say 11 in the morning or 11 at night? Not me. What would you say? I've never been up at 11 Which at night. 11? Yes. If, if it's not clear Which whether I'm Which? talking about 11, the game's on at 11, uh-huh. and you don't know if it isn't obvious that the game is on at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. You don't know where it's being played. Okay. How would you ask me which one? Which one? Which one what? That's what I would say. No, Which let's one? have the conversation. No, 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 because I haven't given you options. Who's on first? No, 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 no. Listen to me. You're making this seem mm. much more complicated than it is. No, you're the one complicating it. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, the game's on at 11. Which one? Which one what? Which game which, is what which, I would think. Which M? No, which 11? <laughs> you wouldn't. See, you, you, what, what's happening now is you know you've lost and you're just continuing to fight back, which uh, this, I think, uh, here's what really happened. I think Bubba has hit this on the head. So Hembo, I think, got absolutely obliterated when he got home yesterday by his wife, Lizzie, because he called her out on these airwaves for having woken him up in the middle, well, by his definition, the middle of the night. It was actually 9 p.m. At night. But he was sleeping, so that's fine. He was awakened by her in an emergency state because there was a cricket, or what she believed to be a cricket, in the bedroom where she was going to sleep, and she needed him to come in and kill it or do whatever it is you do with a mm-hmm. cricket. And you chastised her publicly on these airwaves yesterday, and I, I, I can't even fathom what that must have been like when you got home it was bad because not only was my wife uh, angry at me for this but all of her friends this sort of angry online army uh, flocked to the comments and almost all the women agree that this is an emergency like this fell along gender lines here there's also some question as to whether or not it was a cricket like there's some that are saying this was a praying mantis others saying this was a spricket so she posted on her instagram like a, an actual video of this insect either way like to me the question is, how long does the cricket need to be to wake up your husband? And if it's not three feet long, <laughs> you need to let him sleep. If it can't eat one of the children, then, then it probably doesn't rise to waking you up. What is a spricket? It's, uh, uh, it's in the same family. As? 
as cricket. It's it's larger. It's a larger cricket that can jump faster and further. That's a word I've never heard yeah, in my entire cricket. life. Google it. I don't want to. I, How do you know what, me what a cricket is? is, but you don't know what the morning because is? Because we have to do some research on this. <laughs> I know what the morning is, Cam, and it expired. When? Already. What time it's is al- the end of the morning? It's almost noon. It's so, 8 a.m. in Los Angeles. Right now we're moving into p.m., and no, there's no. a transition period here. We haven't here. gotten anywhere near p.m. yet, even here. Let me ask you a question. You can't do this and the say that you also like brunch. The work day hasn't started in California. I can't decide if you're just trying to be ridiculous now or if you genuinely have less common sense than the average spricket. Here's what I'm trying to <laughs> tell you. number two. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You have two daughters, Michelle, the other one, and at some point, they're going to reach high school age. And I'm telling you right now, when the clock strikes 11 o'clock in the morning, they are still going to be asleep. They will definitely think when they wake up, that's morning. You wake up at 3 a.m. Your perception of early is very different from most other people's. So the point I'm making here is both technically, strictly, figuratively, and literally, 11 o'clock in the morning is a reasonable time to say good morning. You, uh, you have lost this one, and I would defend you if I could. I don't agree but I can stop arguing now, given the fact that no one seems to have my back in any way. Right. Uh, anyway. Because and, you're and wrong. Nor should they. <laughs> because you just couldn't be. You've, re- you've been wrong about a lot of things, and you've never been wronger than this. Uh, if you miss any of this program, you can catch up on both hours of the show, both of which are actually done live in the a.m. in the morning. But you can listen in the afternoon, the evening, overnight, or any time you want. They're available 24 hours a day. The Greenie Podcast, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch this show on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greenie, and we hope you will enjoy. In case you missed it. One more time. All right, let's do a little in case you missed it. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, I'm only laughing because I looked at our rundown, and what I immediately saw was <laughs> revisit cricket, which, which is just... <laughs> Such a good encapsulation of the unseriousness of our show. Yeah, I mean, we're going to revisit the cricket episode here, which we've just done. And now we're moving on to the In Case You Missed It episode, uh, in which after the Giants uh, lose a game last night, 30-12, to 12, so the, the 49ers win last night and they cover, and the Giants have 150 yards of total offense, and we all saw it coming. It becomes a conversation, at least in part, about their quarterback who they're paying $40 million a year, and it wasn't obvious to many that they could have or should have. Mike Tannenbaum, the question is, did the Giants make a mistake paying Daniel Jones? Absolutely, Greedy, and here's why. When you're paying him $40 million a year and you're on a short week and you're missing your left tackle, your left guard, your running back, show greatness, make those around you better. And by the way, he's getting paid 40 times more than the other quarterback, and he was outplayed by Brock Purdy. So that, I think, is a really interesting place to dive into a conversation. Is he better than Brock Purdy or not? Like Brock Purdy is ridiculously effective. And it begs the question, could you plug, who who is the replacement player? The the stat wins above replacement. Wins above replacement. Who who is the replacement player? Quarterback? No, no, in baseball. Like when they they describe a replacement player as like if you just called someone up from AAA, right? So, mm-hmm. so, like, that's not a medium player. That's a bad player. It's a bad player. So, so it, it, <coughs> excuse me. The question is, is Brock Purdy better than a bad player or is he better than an average player? I believe strongly that Daniel Jones is a 
very average player. If you put him on a really good team with really good coaching, he'll play well. He will not elevate anything beyond where it otherwise should be. He's not that good. The really great ones are force multipliers, to use an expression that I'm growing to like more and more. Daniel Jones is not that. It's not a criticism. There are very few of those in, on planet Earth. There is maybe 10 of them. He's not one of them. I believe he is absolutely good enough to win with if everything around him is really good. I would use, so I would change for the purposes of this discussion, that stat to wins above replacement player. I'd make Daniel Jones the replacement player. Mm. How much better than Daniel Jones are you? Is Brock Purdy better than Daniel Jones? Yes, in his environment, for sure. No, no, I get that part. But the, the point that Bart made was if you put Daniel Jones on the 49ers, he would be better than Brock Purdy is now, and they would be better than they are now with Brock Purdy. That's true. And what it Mike, is true. It is true. And what Mike Tannenbaum said is true. But it's completely meaningless. It's completely immaterial because that's not how life works. It's not like you're choosing between Brock Purdy at $900,000 or Daniel Jones at forty. Like It doesn't work that way. The Giants had one set of circumstances with which to choose from, and they made the best decision with the information that they had and the leverage that they have. Of course, you'd rather have Brock Purdy making $900,000 against your cap this year. But that's part of what makes uh, th that uh, circumstance special and different. So I think the Giants actually made the right decision. And if I had asked you before the season, what would they be after three games? You would have said one and two. Where are they? One and two. They're in the exact same spot we thought they would be. So I don't know why we're t now asking ourselves this question about Daniel Jones, considering this is exactly who we thought the Giants were all along. Is it exactly who we thought Daniel Jones was all along? Well, I would say so, because Daniel Jones had, the, had a career year last year, and they paid him for it. And he's played representatively. He's played fine. He's got less weaponry around him than most. He's got a worse offensive line around him than most. And the defense across from him is terrible. The Giants have two sacks in three games despite blitzing more than any team in the NFL. Like, that was what helped them a lot last year was Week Martindale actually had a decent defense. They're getting, they're getting butchered. Uh, defensively this year. I, I, I think we've overreacted to this. Generally speaking, I think it's easy to blame the quarterback for everything, where in this case, I don't think the quarterback deserves anywhere near as much of the blame as he's getting. The Giants in three games have given up 40, 28, and 30 points. That's really bad, right? That, that is, what's the opposite of elite? <laughs> Whatever the that. opposite of elite is, that's what their defense is. And that puts a lot of pressure on a quarterback. He managed to bring them all the way back against the Cardinals. The question I had when we came in here Monday, if you were listening, was, why the hell are they losing 28-7 to the Cardinals in the first place? Not, not that I was so impressed they came back. I'm dismayed that they fell that far behind. They have, for all intents and purposes, a bye. Now, they go from Thursday to the following Monday. They have whatever that is, basically a full week and a half off. Their season will be made or broken by what happens in their next four games. They will play the Seahawks at home. They'll play at Miami. They'll play at Buffalo. And they'll be home against Washington. I think they have to win two of those games. If, if, if you only win one of those games and you start out two and six, they're, they're basically, well, that would be two and, yeah, two and five. If they start out two and five in a division where the Eagles are going to be really good and the Cowboys are going to be really good, maybe you can pull your claw your way back into a place where you're fighting over the seventh seed. But realistically speaking, if they're going to be a playoff team again this year, they have to find a way to win two of those four games. 100% right. And if you're going to call Sports Talk Radio this week locally in New York and you're going to complain about Daniel Jones, my response would be, would, will just be, what was your alternative? That Like, that's... Like, well, that's what I just keep coming back to. I think Daniel Jones is just fine. 
The roster around him is just fine. They're one and two, just like we thought. I think much of this is much ado about nothing. So the, the, the question, what you're saying is you believe the Giants did the right thing by signing him when they did. Absolutely. Okay. They did not have a better option at the time. All right. We've got a, a bunch of stuff left to do here on this Football Friday, including all our picks with who you got. Stay there. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Came across a pair of pants that I just never wear anymore. Had them hanging here, and Hembo came in, and I said, would you like them? Oh, I could never wear these. These are much too big for me. You could put two of me in these pants. Camp, how should I react to this? You should be offended. Your pants should fit him, and his pants should fit you. This There's, isn't Chris Cantor. Take your pants off right now. I'm telling you right now I'm going to fit in your pants. This is Greeny. <laughs> Greeny with you here as we take you through the morning in America. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hembo thinks he's doing his show for my son in Prague, where it's right now late in the day. One way or another, he's just been proving himself 
just to be something of a dope. In case you missed it. All right, once again, we let you hear things that happened earlier in the day on Get Up. One of those things was our own Dan Graziano talking about the Justin Fields mess that was this week in Chicago and how the Bears may need to reset. They had that chance, right? Like they had the one pick and they decided to go with Fields, so they do have some level of, of faith in him. I think the team success point is the key one, right? Because people are saying, why not let him Why not let him run? It was great last year, right? They lost all those games. Uh, yeah. Like man. if they had won they 12 games. They were so bad. Like, I, mean, I, I, get, I, so I, bad. I get it, but I think part of what they're trying to do is like, look, that's not a sustain, not, not necessarily not a sustainable style of play, but it's not a winning style but, of play for us. I get us. it. So that was Graziano earlier. Hembo, your response. Well, the team success point is not the key one. The idea that the Bears didn't win games at the second half of last season because of Justin Fields running is absurd. He was a top five quarterback when you include the value that he added running over that period of time. There was a four-game stretch last season in which they scored 29, 32, 30, and 24 points and lost them all. Because their defense has allowed 25 points or more in 12 consecutive games, which is the second longest streak in the history of the NFL. All right, the idea that Justin Fields is to blame for uh, these losses because of his style of play is ridiculous. I think Dan probably knows that. That might not have been the exact point he was trying to make, but that was the least of their problems last year. So what is your read on the Justin Fields of it all? I think that Justin Fields will likely play better because it's hard to play worse. But the fact of the matter is, there, is very, there are very few teams in the NFL that are less talented or less equipped to handle this than they are. They're going to Kansas City this weekend, and they're going to get stomped. The, the, the Chiefs are better at almost every position on the football field. I think we obviously expect them to start 0-3. When you start 0-3, and you're dealing with what might become a lame-duck quarterback, I'm afraid that what we experienced this week in Chicago just might get louder and louder, and those issues might be exacerbated to the point where we see a coach fired or maybe a coordinator fired or Justin Fields benched, God forbid. That's what I think is going to happen in Here's Chicago. what I will say. Here's what I'm begging you to do in Chicago. If you are ownership, if you are management, if you are leadership, if you do decide to give up on Justin Fields, because one of the reasons they may not have been willing or they were willing to trade the first pick last year is because they didn't want to put their future in the hands of Bryce Young. He's played two games so far and he's already hurt. Again, I wish that kid nothing but success and long life and health and happiness, but I wouldn't have built my franchise around him either. He's just too small. Caleb Williams is not. So if the Bears wind up in a position where they could draft Caleb Williams, Justin Field, well, by definition, it will mean they lost a ton of games this year. And so I will understand that they're going to move on from Justin Fields and take Caleb Williams. I beg you, if you are Kevin Warren, the president of that team, or any of the people, the ownership, don't do it halfway. Either get a whole new coach in there, someone who starts with Caleb Williams and is tied to him, or extend the contract of your coaches. Commit to them in the long term. Because Caleb Williams is not so much better than Justin Fields was that he could come in, everything doesn't go well, you fire your coach after one season, now you got a whole new staff in there, they didn't draft Caleb Williams, the vibe gets bad, and now you've ruined another one. They've already ruined Mitch Trubisky, they're ruining Justin Fields. Caleb Williams is not unruinable. No quarterback is unruinable. Urban Meyer tried as hard as he could to ruin Trevor Lawrence, who people thought was the best prospect in generations. So they're all ruinable. 
So if you are going to start over again next year with a quarterback like Caleb Williams or Drake May or Shador Sanders or whoever it is that winds up coming, commit to a coach too. If you're going to get rid of this one, get rid of him. Not firing Matt Nagy when they drafted Justin Fields, but letting him stay for a year was a mistake they are still chasing. And that's what they mustn't do again. You just made me think of something. We, it was a week or two ago that we were asking the question, should Caleb Williams either return to school or pull an Eli, uh, in, and Eli Manning if the Cardinals get the first pick? <laughs> I'm not sure the Bears are a better organization than the Cardinals. Like if, if, if the Bears and Cardinals are lined up one and two and you're Caleb Williams and you're his representation, what are you rooting for? Because it's not obvious to me that the Bears are any better off than he would be in Arizona. I mean, Arizona's had more actual success recently. Kyler Murray had them in the playoffs three years ago. You know, with the Bears, it's obviously starting at the very top. Because since they drafted Mitchell Trubisky, like I said yesterday, they've had four offensive coordinators, three head coaches, and two general managers, which is just insane. It's absolutely crazy. That's as bad a situation as Arizona, although no one's saying that out loud. And they, they actually made the playoffs once in that also. Like, Trubisky led them to a playoff In 18, game. yeah. Yeah, they lost to the Eagles, right? That was the stoink Double game. doink. The, the double stoink. So, or the double doink. However you want to. Some go stoink, some go doink. However you want to oink. Either way, the point remains that they, they are, as an organization, cannot get out of their own way. And, and so that would be my plea to them. The answer to your question is, would I rather go to Chicago or Arizona if I'm a quarterback, I'd probably rather go to Chicago just because of the history and the tradition and all that. But the reality is a big part of the history and tradition is being terrible at the quarterback position. They, they had a little blip there with Jim McMahon. It's not fair to say they haven't had um, an upper echelon quarterback in, since Sid Luckman. Jim McMahon was that. He was just always hurt. Um, when he was healthy, he was elite. He was an excellent player. Um, who else have they? I mean, they had Eric Kramer and Jim Harbaugh, and, and now this millennium, they've had Cade McNown and they had Rex Grossman. And the thing is, they win sometimes. Like, they, Rex Grossman started a Super Bowl. <laughs> it sounds hilarious to say now. The starting quarterbacks in a Super Bowl were Peyton Manning against Rex Grossman. That would That would be like setting up a game of chess between, like, Bobby Fisher and Bubba. <laughs> right? like, it's so ridiculously one-sided. Um, and yet it happened. So they, they have sometimes found ways to win because their mantra has always been that was the black and blue division and all that kind of stuff. And they monsters of the midway. Now their defense is unimaginably bad. And that's their biggest problem. It's way bigger than their quarterback. Yeah, if you think about it too, the Bears have their own pick and Carolina's first round pick. The Cardinals have their own pick and Houston's first round pick. So we are very likely looking at a scenario in which it's going to be Arizona or Chicago. We might get to enjoy another year in college for Caleb Williams. Yeah, um, maybe. And, and there's also Drake May sitting there. I mean, I think those are the two guys that everyone thinks are going to go one and two. We'll see if it happens. All right. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We come to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Is the NFC actually what we thought the AFC was? We spent all summer, Hembo, talking about the AFC, 
the murderer's row it was going to be. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Oh, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. All all these teams with all these quarterbacks. Well, one way or another, and for one reason or another, most of them do not look so good. Now, it's only two weeks, so a lot of things can change. Burrow gets healthy. Allen gets hot. Herbert gets a new coach. (laughs) There are a lot of different ways this thing might get better. But at this point... If I had to pick the three, well, if I had to pick the four best teams in the NFL, three of them play in the NFC. I'm not so sure I wouldn't put the Dolphins right there with San Francisco and Dallas and the Eagles. Those would be the four teams. The Dolphins always feel to me like it's hanging by a thread because I just worry that the quarterback will get hurt. If he doesn't, I put them right there. I would I would project the Dolphins as the best team in the AFC. And I think those three other teams, at least right this minute, look like they're better than any other AFC team. Yeah, a couple of numbers for you. So we obviously thought that the quarterback play in the AFC would be far greater. Well, through two weeks and one game, the AFC QBR is 52.4 and the NFC QBR is 58.5. So when you're talking about a zero to 100 scale, that's actually a pretty sizable difference so far in favor of the NFC. Secondly, There have been six NFC versus AFC or vice versa games so far this season. What do you think the record is in those games? Uh, I mean, let me try and think think through what some of those games would have been. Dallas just destroyed the Jets. That's one. Did you say there have only been six? There have only been six. I mean, Dallas destroyed the Jets. That's one. I I mean, you want me to sit here and try and think about what they all are or just throw a number at you? Throw a number at me. I mean, I'm going to guess the NFC is 4-2. They're 6-0. The NFC is undefeated in six games against the AFC this season. Detroit beat Kansas City. Oh, yeah. New Orleans beat Tennessee. Oh, yeah. San Francisco beat Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Philly beat New England. That's right. Washington beat Denver. Yeah. And Dallas beat the Jets. Huh. I mean, it's not a huge sample, but it's not nothing either. It's not nothing. Washington is better than we thought they'd be. The Chargers are worse than they thought we'd be, or they'd be. Um, who else is better in the NFC than we thought they'd be? Green Bay? The, the team's in the South, too. New Orleans, are they any good, really? Are the Saints and the Falcons really any good? In that division, they could probably sniff nine or ten. No, wins. I get that. But, I mean, if you put them up against some of the other if, – if we were to rank the conferences. So, you got – in the NFC, you would go one, two, three would be in any order you want. Let's just say Dallas, San Francisco, Philly. Right. Who would be four? New Orleans? Detroit, based upon the Super Bowl odds right now, would be four. But okay, Detroit before. In the AFC, if we were to stack it up the same way, would we go Miami, Kansas City, uh, Baltimore? Baltimore? Baltimore. So, okay. Probably. So, so, so I would take the three NFC teams over those three for sure. No doubt. And then four, Detroit versus who? Who would be next in Buffalo, the AFC? Maybe. Maybe. The, the thing is, like the, the Jacksonville. Top, the, those teams have just been so uninspiring. Denver's awful. Denver's awful. Awful. Their, de- their defense is awful. It's just, it's just funny when these things happen. Like a year ago, we thought the AFC West would be the best quarterback division of all time. And it was like below average in comparison to the rest of the league. Right. So we spent all summer thinking we know stuff. We really don't know stuff. Well, I mean, we, we've had people saying, oh, the AFC North will get all their teams into the playoffs. Pittsburgh's quarterback looks awful. Cleveland's quarterback looks awful. Cincinnati's quarterback has a Theragun out on the sideline. The Ravens are 2-0. My That's opinion it. is that the third best team in the NFL 
will be an NFC team that winds up having to play a road game on wildcard weekend. Like the way that things are trending right now, Dallas or Philly is going to have to go to the winner of the NFC North or South on wildcard weekend. And that team could have very well won the AFC, again, just based on what we know so far through two weeks and one game. All right, so we'll see about all of that. In the meantime, let's do some one question. I have only one question. So, Hembo, they put together some one questions for us. So you like pick one that you like. And uh, we will go through some answers here. I'll get the guys involved in it as well. Give me one question. Is Brandon Staley's seat officially hot? I mean, what's hotter than hot? It should be boiling, scalding. I can't imagine how he still has that job in the first place. Actually, I can tell you the ownership there is cheap and they don't want to pay a coach not to coach for them anymore. They wouldn't go out and pay the money it would have taken to get Sean Payton when everyone in the world knows that's the job he really wanted. They have underperformed relative to talent as much as any team in the NFL. Do you not agree with that? No, I I agree with that. I don't think Brandon Staley has much of a case to be made about keeping that job, despite my affinity for analytics. He's a defensive coach. His defense sucks. They suck. They're unimaginable. I I, I can't remember who it was I first said this, but it's 100% true. It was true when their quarterback was Phillip Rivers and remains true when their quarterback is Justin Herbert. Every single week, if you are watching like Red Zone, as many people do, you're seeing all the games. Every single week without fail, they cut to the Chargers, who are losing by four with 51 seconds left, no timeouts and the ball in their own territory. Yes, and the only thing that you forgot is that there will be no one in the stadium cheering for them. <laughs> no, it's, oh, it, it's always a road game regardless of where it's being played. And, and that's just it, every single week. And they lose all of those games. That also dates to 2007. Like That has applied no matter who is coaching or quarterbacking that team. I have only one question. Give me another question. Is the old Deshaun Watson ever coming back? I'm starting to think no. I... I is two weeks, is eight weeks enough? There was a part of me that was completely willing and ready to write off the six games he played last year. Doesn't mean anything. The team had played all these games without him. He was rusty. He wasn't a part of the mix. Just weird to be suspended for the first 11 games or whatever it was and then step in. I, I was completely willing to say that was an aberration. But these two weeks, he doesn't look good at all. So I don't think two weeks is enough to say it's never going to happen, but I'm a lot less certain than I was before. I'm not a big fan of the small sample size crowd, honestly. Like, this is the equivalent of 80 baseball games or 40 basketball games. There's enough data that say that Deshaun Watson is not good anymore. Now, he might wind up turning himself back into that player, but I'm definitely at the point now, based upon the numbers and based upon the film, that I certainly wouldn't bet on it. I have only one question. Is Tua your MVP favorite? Right now, he's the MVP favorite in Vegas. Is he your favorite? No. My favorite is Micah Parsons. I'm telling you, I think it's going to happen. Now, the Trayvon Diggs injury is a massive blow to that because Parsons' chance of winning MVP was that defense being legendary. Him being perceived as the leader, which he is, even with Diggs, of a defense that was the 85 Bears, that was the 2000 Ravens, that was the Legion of Boom. They are less likely to be that now without the shutdown corner. They're less likely to have record numbers of turnovers and record numbers of points allowed and all that. So I think that hurts as... as um, what's the word I'm looking for? As, as, as opposite as you might think this seems... 
I actually think the Trayvon Diggs injury, while it magnifies the importance of Parsons, diminishes his chance of winning the award. Yeah, I see it differently. I think that because the MVP is largely a narrative award, Parsons being great and the Cowboys' defense being great, which it still should be without him, I think will actually magnify his performance. Maybe. Counterintuitive was the word I was looking for. Hembo, sneaky Hembo, trivia time. Here we go. So Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman is getting a lot of Heisman buzz entering this weekend against Ohio State. That got me thinking. Who was the last Notre Dame quarterback to finish in the top two in Heisman voting? I think I know the answer to this. We're going to find out next. It's Greening on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, we got a lot to do here as we wrap up for this week and this Football Friday. We got to make some picks. Hembo's going to give some props, but first we got to do the trivia. Sneaky Hembo. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Sneaky Hembo, go. go. All right. So the question once again is: Who is the last Notre Dame quarterback to finish in the top two? In Heisman voting. All right, so I am right now, we, we've been doing this for three days. I am two and one. Hembo and Cam are each one and two. Bubba and Cam. What did I say? Oh, sorry. Bubba and Cam. Hembo's three and oh. Hembo is, just does the questions. We actually don't know. He might be getting them wrong. We don't know. <laughs> I have already given my answer to the guys. I, I yelled it out to you as we were going into a break. So Bubba and Cam already know my answer. So I'll go first. My answer is going to be Brady Quinn. I believe Brady Quinn is the last Notre Dame quarterback to finish in the top two of the Heisman voting. Cam, what do you think? Joe Montana. Boy, that would be going back a really long way. Go ahead. uh, Who would have been? Okay, go ahead, Bubba. That's one vote for Montana and one vote for Quinn. And I'm going Joe Theisman. Mm -hmm. Remember, he was Joe Theisman. They changed his name for this reason. All right, so we have three separate guesses. And one of you is correct. The correct answer is... Joe Theismann. Wow. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Good pull, That's Bob. how you change the name. Let's go. <laughs> That's Bubba. Well done. Who won it that year? 
In 70? Yeah. Uh, Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett, nice. the quarterback Stanford, um, wound up beating out Thiesman, now Theisman, for the Heisman. That's well. The man literally changed his name. What award could you want? That would be like me changing my last name to Gremmy. <laughs> Or something like that. I feel like it's it, not talked about enough how insane that is. I know. It, I, know. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of like blown because it's so long ago. Have he you, changed his name he did. for Heisman. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and didn't win. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And now he's just Joe Thiesman. Like It's unbelievable. Yeah, he, he just stayed with it. It like, really it is It wasn't just a marketing campaign. Yeah. No one ever says, do you see the time Lawrence Taylor broke Joe Thiesman's leg? <laughs> All right, so there we go. So Bubba gets on the board. So he's now two and two. I'm two and two. Cam is a sad one and three. Mm, That's where we stand after the first week of Sneaky Hembo. Shouldn't have gotten the haircut, Sam. Um, Okay. Cam, bad luck. I think that was a a bad idea Mm. either way. All right, last week, Bubba, I mean, um, Hembo gave us three props, and they all hit. So let's do that quick before who you got. I'm giving you my college picks this week instead of the props from the NFL because the games are so good. Go. I'm playing Oregon minus the 21 against Colorado. Wow. 80% of the public's on Colorado. I think Vegas is going to win a lot of money on Colorado this year because of all the public backing. FPI has Oregon as a 25-point favorite. They will not be able to control the run game. They will not be able to block the Ducks. I think Oregon runs away and hides in this game. Hembo says, give the points. Next. I'm playing Bama minus 6.5 in this spot against Ole Miss. I've made a lot of money over the years backing really good teams coming off of really bad performances. Betters often think about the last thing, the most recent thing that happened. They shouldn't. Alabama's more than a touchdown better than Ole Miss at home in this game. Bama says, or Hambo says, give the points. One more. And I'm playing Ohio State minus the three against Notre Dame. This line opened at eight and a half. There's no way that Notre Dame has made up that much ground. They're still good. They're still at home, but Ohio State is considerably more talented. I think Ohio State's going to win in South Bend by more than a field goal. It's giving day today. Hembo giving the points in three different college games. All right, one more piece of business. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, so who you got? Bubba's got a bunch of questions for me. We will start... With the picks here, um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'm 1-5 on the season. That is correct. Who you got brought to you by Granger, and you are in last place of the ESPN Radio Pick'em. You're 1-5. Game night's 5-1, and one, but this is before we flip the strategy. You are now officially going with your, your gut because you won last year, and we exercised the demons, so let's do it. That's right. No more KOD. Yeah, oh, I said with all due respect. Exactly. No, that doesn't mean you get to say what That's the wrong yep, one. I don't Go know ahead. what that was, but great. That was, that was I hit the wrong <laughs> drop. I meant to hit this. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. My bad. Go. We don't need to do that anymore. Bills at Commanders. Buffalo minus six and a half. Who you got? I, I like Washington. I don't. I think the Bills are a better team. I don't think they're a touchdown better. I think this is a closer game than that. Commanders' defense is great. Eric Bieniemy is getting a lot of love right now as an offensive coordinator. I will take the Commanders plus the six and a half to keep that game close. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Next, Patriots at Jets. This one's on ESPN Radio. Tune in. New England minus two and a half. Who you got? Jets. Absolutely. I, I'd say that not just with my heart, but my head. If the Jet defense really is elite, they're going to win this game by themselves. If the Jet coaches let Zach Wilson lose it, then they don't deserve to be in their roles. I think the Jets are an infinitely better team and should win the game. I'll take, I, I don't even need the points. I'll take the Jets to win. Hashtag KOD. 
the kiss of death. One more. All right, last one is Saints at Packers, and this one is New Orleans minus two. Who you got here? No feel for this game. You have a feel on this game? I do. This is a, a really good spot for the Packers. It's their, it's their home debut at Jordan Love. The Saints on the road playing after Monday night. I don't think they can hold up. I favor, uh, I favor the Packers. And in I think game. Christian Watson's going to play for the first time this season, too, if I've been reading the tea leaves right. All right, I'll go with you. Give me Green Bay minus the two. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Those are the picks for this week. All right, let's have some fun. All right. Uh, Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And 85 years ago tomorrow, a time capsule was put into the ground at the World's Fair in Queens. It's to be opened in 6939, so we're almost there. If you're making a greeny (laughs) time capsule, what are you putting in it? Who you got? (laughs) That's actually a very good line. Um, we're almost there. We're, we're, I mean, just a, a mere 4,000 years away. Getting closer every day. From opening the time capsule. So what would we put? What would we put from our show Probably in the cricket. time capsule? I think, I think we would put Hembo's shirt collection. I think, I think just, a, just a, a variety of shirts that you wear. And the pants. And the pants. My appearance gets smoked on this show every day. For what reason? You look like you smoked something before you put that on is, is, is the reason. I split a gummy in half. <laughs> yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to put Hembo's wardrobe in the time capsule. Next. Uh, 14 years ago tomorrow, Modern Family debuted on ABC. The sitcom ran for 11 seasons. It won 22 Emmys over the years. One minute. Who you got as your favorite sitcom of the 2000s? Meaning... Uh, Modern Family, well, it's either Modern Family or The Office. The Office, I'll go, I really liked Modern Family, but The Office held up better. I'll go The Office. Do you have one? Have you watched a television show in this millennium? Uh, I have seen bits and pieces of both of those shows, but I can't opine on this. <laughs> That's exactly what he said about Seinfeld, too. I know. Bits, bits and pieces. pieces. And bits and pieces On television. On TV. One more quickly, go. 61 years ago tomorrow, the Jetsons debuted on ABC. Were you a Flintstones or a Jetsons kid? Full-on Flintstones. Do you even know who the Jetsons are, Hemba? Yeah, legendary family. What does that even mean? Legendary TV family. Name one character. Of what? The Jetsons? Yeah. Fred. That's Flintstone. Oh, come on. All I know is the Flintstones because I used to eat those vitamins, and I only know Fred Me too. What do you mean you used to eat those vitamins? You know you took one this morning. (laughs) Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you Monday on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.